Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the first episode of the Female Offensive. Whoop, whoop. We are so excited. Yes, we are. I am Sydney. And I'm Marcella. And we are about to offend your asses. <laughs> okay, you will like never catch me swearing. Sydney is the swearer over here. I said ass. This is explicit. Like, uh. <laughs> I'm Toy Story and you're... What, like... 30 going on 30. <laughs> that is one of my favorite movies. Well, it's a good movie. Yeah. Okay. On to the episode. Oh, yeah. On to the episode. So, what are we talking about today, Marcella? Let's start with our first topic. Birth control. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right. We know no one really likes to talk about birth control because it's annoying and awful and always the afterthought and it's kind of taboo i feel like no one really is comfortable talking about it unless you're behind closed doors with your well, friends you don't, you don't or bring something. it up in line at starbucks no it's <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly it's just something that you don't bring up and when you think about it why wouldn't you why wouldn't you bring up birth control why wouldn't you it's something that's completely natural everybody does it that's Everybody does it. Guys, everyone's doing it. If you're it. not doing birth control, like, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Who's your birth control dealer? <laughs> I get mine from Kevin. Oh, my God. Kevin, the birth control dealer. I die. Okay. But really. So. Birth control, guys. Types of. They're condoms. Yeah. Okay. Condoms. Everybody knows. What they aren't that like. effective. They aren't that effective. And it's not because of the condom itself. It's really about... The use. Human error. Human error. It's a thing, guys. But <clears throat> that being said, it is a method as, that has been used for a very long time. They had animal skin condoms. Imagine how that felt, guys. Oh. You're complaining about a thin piece of plastic <laughs> and over there in the Paleolithic age. They oh had a whole God. sheepskin wrapped around. I really doubt that they were practicing <laughs> birth control. <laughs> Okay. You don't know. Um, put a um, comment on our latest Instagram post if you think that cavemen were raw dogging it. Or if they progressed and mm-hmm. made animal skin condoms because remember they used every part of the animal, guys. It's usually like a small intestine or like Ooh. those tubes. Already, okay. Most of the work is already done for Keep you. Keep in mind the small intestine. <laughs> okay. Another type. What's our next type? <laughs> I want to know, okay, I've never used one and I don't know anyone who has the cervical the diaphragms and the cervical caps and the sponges, like those oh things. Oh my gosh. And the vagina rings? No. Well Well, that's different. The ring, yeah. The ring I've seen just because they have commercials yeah. for them. But also, weird that people make commercials for prescription medication. <laughs> that's true. Side I've actually note. never thought about that. Side rant, yeah, that's definitely a side note, but I I don't really even know where to start with these like cervical sponges and stuff like that like first of all it just sounds gross so why would anyone ever think that this would be an option and like you've reused them right i i don't know (laughs) i really feel like there's no research to be done here because i don't (laughs) care i don't care yeah it's a thing guys cervical sponges diaphragms oh yeah cervical caps yeah, they're a thing. Oh. It kind of just looks like a Cheerio. Like a donut, like a like filled a donut, in donut. Maybe. Um, no one's really using them. If you are, please let us know because that's super, super interesting. And I would like to know why someone would choose this over any other birth control, you know? Yeah. Super interested. Oh my God, that insertion method looks shoddy. Guys, definitely look it up. Definitely look it up. I think that we should talk about. Like the more the, common use, the uses? most common one. Yeah. What do you think is the most common one? I think like currently probably the pill, but I feel like IUDs are on the uptick. They are. They are on the uptick, and both Sydney and I fun have fact, matching matching IUDs. We're IUD sisters. Twins. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're twinnings. So 
Sydney and I actually had very different experiences, I think, with... Mm -hmm. Birth control in general. Birth control in general, but also, like, the insertion of the IUD. Oh, that's true. That's true, yeah. Yeah. We've had, like, similar periods, but I feel like with the IUD, it was different for us. I am so weird, I didn't feel a thing. What? I didn't. When they were No, it was completely painless. Are you kidding me? I'm not joking. My gyno was looking at me and she was like, you're going to be able to pop kids out like it's no big deal. And I'm like, that is like a very weird thing to say while you're down there, missus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yours took forever to put in, didn't it? It took me 45 minutes, which is three, like... Three times the normal amount. It usually takes 15 minutes. Okay, for those of you who don't, I, I want to make it very clear what this process is like. For those of you who have never gotten an IUD in, your legs are in stirrups, and they have the metal speculum yeah, inserted they, in you the whole time. Like when you do a pap smear. Yeah. So for 45 minutes, this bitch was spread eagle with a metal crank And I was in talking to my gynecologist about... Our favorite restaurants in Cambridge. Yummy. Yeah. Can you imagine? And it was like totally normal. And I was like, no, this is totally fine. Like Cam, my boyfriend is there and he was very helpful throughout the process. But like, I just was like chilling the whole time. That's so weird. It was so weird. I was most certainly not chilling. And I feel like, I feel like that's the norm. Yeah. Is that it's a painful process, but you think about it and you're like, well, this is going to last me five years at least. Ten. Ours ten for the ten. copper IUD, which is the one that we have. But like, No hormones, yeah. no chemicals, shout out. But it is it is awful. If you have bad periods to begin with, they yeah. really advise it, against the yeah. copper IUD. Can make it worse. Can make it a lot worse. And I've seen that my period is a little bit heavier, but like, nobody cares about that. <laughs> um... Put in a super tampon and get on with your day. There are ladies in Africa that have to end everything when they're on their period. And we have little cotton sticks that a man invented for us. No, it's totally fine. And we'll talk about that luxury tax another day. Comes up every single time we talk. Yeah, literally. We both have had bad experiences on the pill. Yeah. Ugh. Do you so want to talk bad. about your whole birth control journey? Yes. I th- I got birth control when I was 18, um, just because it was, like, a good age to do it. You know, it just kind of made sense. Um, going off to college. Going off to college. Little Fatiana. No. <laughs> no. Mamiana. <laughs> Mamiana is so <laughs> true. <laughs> um, but no, so I got it when I was 18. Um... I got, like, a normal standard pill, like, the same dosage as every regular pill. Um, Couldn't even tell you the name of it. There are millions of different brands. I know. Mine was, like, Altavera or something like that. But it was a daily pill. Yeah. The first year, I probably gained 15 pounds my freshman year of college. From the birth control? From the birth control. from the calf? No. (laughs) Literally no. And I can tell you... I'm sorry, Emerson, like, I love you, but the food was so, so shitty. I can't, like, it was awful. Unless you're at UMass Amherst, which my sister, like, God bless her heart, is, and I, like, visit her on the weekend sometimes just to eat the food, and, um, Emerson is not that. (laughs) Emerson's food is so inedible, I really didn't eat much freshman year. Yeah. Didn't eat much because I also wasn't making that much money, so I wasn't going out to eat all the time. Yeah. Like, so definitely the birth control. Definitely the birth control. And I was working out too, so it was like, I don't know. But um, but I kept with birth, birth control for four years. So all throughout? No, maybe five years. All throughout college. All throughout oh, college. Oh, right, yeah, you yeah. just got the IUD. Yeah, I, re- I got the IUD maybe six months ago, guys. Yeah. And um, so... I had it for about five years, like I said, maybe a little bit longer even, and through that period, I, like, had this yo-yo of weight loss and weight gain. With the pill. With the pill, and it, it was crazy because, like, listen, I was, like, I was not hungry. That was the thing. So, I know that I'm not blaming this on food, but, like, the pill really is crazy what it does it to does, your body. It does. It does. It does so much. It's all the chemicals and hormones. It is. Like, 
really messes with yeah. systems. But it works for so many people, and it just didn't work for me. Like, yeah. I had awful bloating, you know? Like, this is nothing that any of you guys want to hear, but, like, you probably relate to it a little yeah. bit, too. Like, I... I would be shocked if someone had a perfect birth control experience. Yeah. Like, you gotta try stuff out. You gotta try different birth control pills out. And I did. I tried different birth control pills out, and they all did the same thing to me. And I'm like, you know what? This can't be normal. And this can't be good for me mm-hmm. if I'm experiencing all these side effects. My body's probably telling me that this isn't good. Yeah. This isn't good. Nonetheless, it was better than being pregnant. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to try the copper IUD. And guys, I totally advise against doing this. I did so much research online. Do not do any research into anybody else's experiences. Oh with my it. gosh. If you do, stay off the forums. It'll stay drive off you nuts. Forums. Stay off the forums. <laughs> Soof. Stay off the forums. Soof. I'm. <laughs> Soof. Soof. Um, seriously, it is going to drive you crazy, and you're going to think that it's going to be, like, the worst experience of your life, which I really apologize if it ends up being that. But reading but about how Mandy and yeah. Utah, like... <laughs> Completely different body. Do not work yourself up reading these forums, yeah. like as it, Sydney said. it's Because uh, I did that with the IED, yeah. and I... Worked myself into a tizzy. Yeah, seriously. And it's almost, it's almost always not as bad as you think it's going to be. 100%. Right? 100%. But that's probably why we do it, too, to work it. To, yeah. like, work ourselves up so when so we get there, we're, like, a little bit of a release. Exactly. Yeah, you're just kind of, like, underwhelmed by the whole thing. Yeah. But, so, but you like the IUD? I do. I really like it. Yeah. I think the first couple months, you know, it was, like, it took some getting used to, but overall, I feel like my body's just, like... It's doing its own thing, you know? Like, it's not being, like, dictated by, like, something else. Exactly, yeah. And it's free to go about its daily duties Mm -hmm. and do its thing. And so I'm a big fan of the copper IED, but it's also because I haven't had any negative side effects from it yet. But it's different for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a very different experience. Yeah. I actually went on the pill same time, summer going into college, but I went on because I had really bad acne and so my doctor put me on birth control after right. like I so had to many fight people for get it. it for acne though to be to be fair yeah yeah it's a total it's one of the most common reasons to go on um, but I had to fight my doctor because she like didn't want to give it to me for acne so finally I was just like fine like I'm gonna have sex <laughs> and she's, she's like, like oh fine I'll give you birth control and I was like fine I'm not gonna have sex but I'm not gonna tell you that oh <laughs> but, my god so then, go on birth control, and I'm noticing my acne get getting worse. And I was like, what the frick? So I went to a dermatologist. He told me that acne medication, that, or the um, birth control that she put me on, actually makes your acne worse. <gasps> so I was like, okay, never going back to that doctor again. Cut her off. Hated her from the beginning. Dermatologist put me on acne medication, whatever. That's irrelevant. So, yeah. But I was still on birth control. Went on to a different one before I dumped her ass. Mm-hmm. And then found a new doctor. And then I got really into kind of more of an all-natural lifestyle, less taking of pharmaceuticals. And also, I was so bad at taking pills. Like, I never remembered to take the pill. Yeah. Ever. I was oh so my gosh, bad at it. You always forgot. It was I always forget like, everything. Yeah. So, but like, like, imagine me you, trying to take a pill a every day at the person, same time. Yeah. You just can't take a pill if you're forgetful. No, and I had a crazy schedule, so it just wasn't conducive to my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So I was looking for new options, found out about the marina my sophomore year of college, and I was like, cool, Mm -hmm. sounds great, it's going to make my period go away. That was awesome. I was, like, really amped for that. So I talked to my doctor about my gynecologist about it. She was in favor of it. Um, I got myself all worked up on the forums, Mm. like, reading about how it punctures your... Uh, uterine wall if it gets dislodged all these horror stories (laughs) yeah there's like a 0.01% chance exactly it's so slim and that's what my doctor told me she talked me down so I go in get it in it was great insertion super easy oh good yeah first time it was great 
It's so, super tiny, right? Yeah. It was another little plastic thing. It was cute. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Super cute. Super cute. <laughs> so, had it. Like, had spotting, I guess, for the first few months, which is, for the first few months, which is regular with every IUD. And then, like, my period went away. Had no issues with the IUD. Forgot about it. Like, I loved this IUD. It's amazing, right? <laughs> me, and this, me and my Marino were so tight. Biffles. Then. <laughs> <gasps> Two years after I gave her refuge in my body, <laughs> my body began to reject Morena, and I was getting wicked uncomfortable. I got an infection. I thought that's what was making me so uncomfortable. It ended up not being that. It was my Marina was like dislodged. <gasps> yes, and it rejected. Like it came out. Was and so it painful? I, no. Oh. Like, it was painful while it was discomfort. Well, yeah. I had all that discomfort and stuff. And while it just kind of, like... But then it, like, just came out, like a tampon. Jeez. Yeah. Well, so I called my dog, my guy, and I was like, ah, and, like, freaking out. And she's like, it's okay. Like, that's really crazy. Like, I've never heard of that happening. Or that's never happened to, like, anyone that she has had as her client before. Or her wow. patient. And she says, it's fine. Like, I could throw it out, come in for an examination, came in. I was fine. Like, it just slipped out. <laughs> I don't know. Did she like, give you a reason, like, as to why? No. It was nothing that you did. No, it, like, just moved. Wow. Like, got dislodged and, oh like, gosh. came out. And then, so I took some time off birth control for a little while because I was, like, that was, like, very, it was a lot for yeah. me to handle, especially after reading the forums. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, and then having to, like, do it again. Exactly. And, like, like no. the whole insertion process is a lot. So, give but. Give a break. Last month, I decided to get the same IUD as Marcella so I got the copper IUD and the insertion was a little bit harder than I found in the Mirena because it is a little bit bigger mm-hmm. and the way my doctor was explaining it to me the way the kits come set up it's more difficult to like do the insertion mm-hmm. so and she like, had to do two kits sometimes will try to talk you out of it she did try to my talk do- me out of my it my doctor did too she wanted me to get the Mirena and I was like listen lady my body didn't like that yeah, I mean, pharmaceutical companies, am I right? Oh. Woo! All right. Getting Next. hot and heavy. But yeah, so I have the copper IUD. I, the insertion was more painful, and the cramping was more painful. After, after or during your period? Directly after. Mm-hmm. But, and I bloated really bad. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, it, I didn't notice as much of the side effects right after the Mirena insertion as I did with the mm-hmm. copper IUD. Because it's literally a foreign object. It's a piece of metal. Yeah, and it has to, your, your body has to adjust and get used to it and, like, let it settle. So, like, I feel so much better now. It's been, like, what, two weeks, two, three weeks. It's no, been it's been longer than that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe four weeks. Maybe it's been a month. Yeah, I think so. It's been good. Yeah. We're getting along really mm-hmm. well. Oh, yes. Yeah, we have conversations sometimes. What do you guys talk about? I don't know, but I call it copy. Copy? That is so <laughs> cute. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, so, um, I think something that I am actually very interested in your opinion on is, mm. have you ever felt like you are the one that's responsible for birth control? As opposed to, like, the man in the relationship. I think that... I never really thought about it that critically when I was making that decision mm-hmm. because I feel like you know, I was 18. I was a lot younger. Like I'm only five years older now. Not like my mind is like a completely different thing, but I would like to think that I'm a little bit more enlightened and smarter yeah. than I was back then. Um, but when I was making that decision, I really didn't think that there was any other option that was as effective. As you know? the IUD. As, no, as the birth control. Oh. When I was first getting the birth control So you pill. just felt like it was your responsibility because what m- is offered to men isn't yeah. as like effective. The condom isn't as effective. And I didn't... The IUD kind of was like... I didn't think that people our age really got them. I don't really think anyone had an IUD that I knew of that was at our age. At, at 18. 18. Yeah. Well, I don't even... Were they even around? I don't even know. I think know. they I were around. I don't remember even yeah. hearing about them. I think they were around. But, like, I really only had 
one other option, which was the pill. So yeah. it kind of made sense to do that and be safe. Like so for me, it was just safety. Also, like, just education. Like, yeah. We didn't really have education on what birth control was out there, I guess. like I think we did, but not really on IUDs. Not on, not on long-term prevention. It was all mm-hmm. short-term and barrier. Yeah, exactly. Prevention. That's that true. That we learned about. Yeah, but I, I do think that it's a conversation that one should happen of course you should talk about what sort of birth control you're going to be using and two do you think that in a hetero relationship that the man should have any sort of opinion on the birth control that the female is using so for me in my relationships I never took the guy's opinion I guess on it was always just like I was on birth control already when I first lost my virginity in college so we used condoms it wasn't like ever a thing like I was on the pill and I used condoms and then I got my IUD while I was in that relationship without I don't even know if I told him (laughs) that I was going to get it yeah I must have but it was always like I was very I'm very independent in my decision making yeah. in that sense so it was just my decision and I made it and then I had the IUD when I entered into my next relationship mm-hmm. so that was already established again mm-hmm. and but do you think that's because women are the ones who are I think I'm just a responsible to? person and I don't I think that's what it comes you know? down to for me too is just that like I'm gonna take care of this because. I don't want to have to rely on someone else to do yeah. that. You know, I'm just going to, like, do what's um, safe right now. Exactly. For yeah. me. Like, it's about me, honestly. Because yeah. they're not going to have to carry around a baby for nine Super months. Super selfish, Sydney. Uh, so selfish. A lot of times I don't think men think about that far down the road. But I will mm-hmm. say the IUD freaked my other boyfriend out because he would get wicked paranoid because I didn't have my period. <laughs> That's the point. (laughs) And I would be like, no, like, that's my birth control. He'd be like, no, 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 no. And I'd be like, yeah. Like, I mean, I know what my body's doing. Like, no, 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 no. So, no, I don't think men should have an opinion. But, so, and then I started doing research on condoms and all the chemicals that are in condoms. And, oh, my God, I was horrified. And I went all natural with the condoms also. I used Mm -hmm. Sir Richard's, but I think that company went out of business or, like, discontinued. Oh, no. And so now I use Sustain. I bought Sustain ones. Okay. Well, they should sponsor you. Sustain condoms. Sponsored. Just kidding. (laughs) Sustain. Okay, but, yeah. Oh, but, yeah, no, I don't think, sorry, I don't think men should really, it's, if they want to take responsibility, sure. But I've never been in a relationship where a man's been wanting or willing to take responsibility of the birth control. I always, especially after I went all natural, like, bought all the condoms. Yeah. And had foreign objects in my body. Well, that's because you wanted to go all natural, too. So exactly. So you were like, this is my decision, like, and this is what we're going to do. Yeah, but like, As also, why was I the one that had to deal with all that? Yeah, I mean, he easily could have bought those. Exactly. Facts. Shape up, men. Shape up, men. Buy them condoms. But you're yeah. a woman. Exactly. But birth control, like we said, something that people don't really talk about, but I'm sure that it's relatable content, you know? Talking about those things that are just uncomfortable in a relationship in general, like, I don't think I went the right route by always making unilateral decisions. Mm-hmm. But I did. Yeah. And that's but just kind of also yourself. my personality. I'm headstrong. So no one was going to talk me out of using all natural condoms. Like, exactly. it wasn't going to be like, no, no, babe. Like, I'm going to buy them and we're just going to use the spermicide. Like, no. Oh, God. Get that away from me. That's super interesting. Turn off. Spermicides are a turn off. Oh, my God. Do they even work? They kill the sperms. Yeah, understood. They kill the sperms. They kill the sperms. Okay, like, definitely something you wouldn't be talking about at a Starbucks line. Killing sperm. No, you just talk about it with your best friends. And speaking of best friends, that brings us to our next segment. Celebrity best friends. Celebrity besties. We love them. We love them. 
<laughs> that we do. That we do. We aspire to be the friendship goals that they set. Definitely. I feel like me and Sydney, our, like, goal friendship oh, yeah. is Oprah and Gail. Yeah. And we kind of... We kind of embody them in some ways. I don't think they have matching IUDs. They definitely don't have matching IUDs. Not just because they're postmenopausal. It could be the menopause. (laughs) Yep, yep. But they are super close. Yeah, tight. Tag yourself. The besties. Are you Gail or Oprah? Um, I feel like I don't know. What are you? I feel like I don't know either. We are Gail and Oprah. But I don't think singularly we are Gail or Oprah. I think they... Operate as a unit, too. Yeah. As a couple. Yeah. What's super cool about them is that, like, they're very open about their relationship, and they know how weird it is. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can I read the quote? Yes. We found, like, the cutest quotes that they said to each other, like, or to other people about each other. Usually in the presence of one another, because they never do anything apart. It's crazy. Yeah. So I'm going to read the quote. It's kind of long. Okay. There isn't a definition in our culture for this kind of bond between women, Oprah has said of her friend. So I get why people have to label it. How can you be this close without it being sexual? How can you explain a level of intimacy where someone always loves you, always respects you, admires you? Gail added, I think about when we get old, but I can't imagine life without Oprah. I really can't. I'll go first if I can be 90 and Oprah can be 91, Oprah assured. Something about this relationship feels otherworldly to me, like it was designed by a power and a hand greater than my own. Whatever this friendship is, it's been a very fun ride, and we've been taking it together. That is so cute. Yeah. That is goals, and I... Makes my heart, like... Yeah. Like, if a man said that to me... Yeah, wow. Because women are so articulate, so they eloquent. Are. They, we are. We We're are so, so articulate. Articulate. <laughs> but really, like, that's the kind of love that people aspire to have yeah. with their significant other, not even with a friend. Yeah, that's like, that's like marriage talk right there. That's wifey material. That's wife- They're both wifeys. They're wifeys for each other. Oh, for sure. And then there's Stedman. And then there's Stedman. And he kind of just, like, is there. He's into it. And he knows that he's just there to do the one thing (laughs) that Gail can't do for Oprah. (laughs) He's a steady man. He's a steady man. He knows that. Oprah knows that. Gail knows that. (laughs) They all been new. People Magazine reported on that. Yes. Yep. Imagine, can you imagine having a man there solely just to fulfill you in that way? Like, that's that probably not the wild. only reason Oprah keeps him around. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. What if I she need on Oprah Gail's the way great. that I do, and me and Oprah, you know, <laughs> our relationship. Yeah, you and Opes. I just Opie one Kenopi. Yeah, I feel like she's just like that's all I need. Come here, Stead. Come here, stud. <laughs> Talk about it, stud. <laughs> Love a good Olivia Newton-John reference. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so Oprah and Gail grew up very differently. That's interesting. Yes. Gail was, like, pretty privileged and, like... Oh. So, for instance, Gail changed her name from the spelling G-A-I-L to G-A-Y-L-E. Ooh, which and, I prefer. Yep. And there's a quote that says that she changed it, like, to that because she wanted to make the loopy Y. That is so... Super cute. Cute. Super cute. But that's, like, what she was worrying about. Mm. Whereas Oprah... Oprah came from a family of women who worked for white families. Mm. And her grandmother never imagined that she could be anything bigger than a maid. And she used to say to her that, I just hope... You get some good white folks when you grow up. But Oprah knew that wasn't going to be her life. She knew. She knew. And then she, she met Gail. Yeah. And the prophecy became reality. Oh, my god. And gosh. we were blessed with their friendship. 
that that's really amazing you know like it's incredible how sometimes it but oprah actually didn't make it until she was older yeah right? much older much older and that kind of gives me a little bit of hope too you know like she's one of the most influential and powerful women and she's a woman of color yes like and she came from such humble beginnings such humble beginnings she really really did it's just beautiful to think that she did that and it also makes me never want to give up because who she is now compared to who she used to be and how it happened so late in her life it's like you should never give up just because you're not a success by the time you're 30 years old doesn't mean that that's a cutoff point and I think her and Gail really encouraged that in each yeah. other because Oprah really supported Gail in her career. And, like, when she started getting big, gave Gail an interview on her mm -hmm. uh, broadcasting network to boost ratings. Yeah. To, like, you know. It's crazy what something. can happen when you have, like, the right support system behind yeah. you. And when just, all like, of being these... excited. Yeah. Having someone to be excited for you. Someone who's always excited for you, too. Like, re regardless. Like, they could be having the worst day. They're still going to be happy for you. Yeah. That's, and that's your, the kind of love you want. Your elevation and what is making you happy actually elevates them and brings them up, too. So, like, I know we've done this. Like, if I'm having a bad day, Marcella can sometimes have a great day mm -hmm. and will, like, text me and tell me about it. And it just makes me so happy to know that she's doing okay and, like, yeah. things are going right in her life because yeah. it makes me remember that. Things are coming phases, and absolutely, it's and so sometimes good to have you're just having a negative that. day. You know, like me this morning, I was like, "Oh, I don't want to go into work," and you were like, "Oh, I'm actually having a good day," and I'm like, "You know what? I should be like just happy that I have a job and that I'm, you know, like doing okay, and I'm, I should just be grateful. Like yeah. I really should just be grateful." Yeah, I'm but glad at I could the same remind time, you of that. Thank you. You ungrateful piece of shit. <laughs> But at the same time, you can be grateful, but still be striving to move forward, you know? Yes, 100%. Yes. Never stop striving. Never stop striving. Okay, but for real, love Gail and Oprah. Yeah. Um, not gonna lie, though. Celebrity BFFs that touch my heart. What do they do? Who is it? Oh, I think you know. It's oh. Snoop Dio, Double G, and Martha Stewart in the house. And in this relationship, it is so, so clear who is who, and I am so Martha, and Sydney is so Snoop. What a do. What a do. <laughs> and I'm just, like, over here, like, with the plaid Baking apron. cookies. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what I said earlier about the swearing, it makes sense now. You're the Snoop. Okay, but Snoop I'm is Martha. all about love, dude. Snoop is all about love. And that good green. And that good green. Snoop and is so cool, and he loves Martha Stewart. You guys will not believe the stuff that Snoop has said about Martha. Yeah. Seriously. Like, like they have a love <laughs> connection beyond, beyond words. Yeah. It's crazy. He said that when he sat next to her at Justin Bieber's roast. That's where it all started. It's folks. where it all started. So she had been on her show a couple times. They made mashed potatoes and green brownies, but he realized at the Justin Bieber roast that she was the funniest roaster that night. In that moment, I knew I wanted to be alongside this lady for the rest of my life. That is what Aww. Snoop Dogg on record said about Martha Stewart. That is so beautiful. Again, two very different people. So different. Yeah. Like opposite ends. Opposites attract. Opposites do attract. And she, also Snoop got her really high off big fat <laughs> joints. <gasps> that oh my night. Gosh. He was well, she didn't partake. He was like smoking and she got second hand. She got high. second hand high. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. imagine. Martha was going in on the sweets. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Munchies. <laughs> um, but yeah, he also I need to say the other quote that he he said, I love Martha. Like I love her for real. She's the big sister I never had. Being able to correct me, to teach me, to show me how to be better, to give me something to aspire to be. And I think that's so important because that's what friends should do. That's what friends are for. They're there to aspire to and to yeah. lift you up, to teach you, to call you out on your bullshit mm -hmm. because everyone has bullshit. And trust me, y'all need to be called out on it. And I'm so All happy I have someone to call me out on mine. Yeah, I try to do it nicely. Not you. I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, you weren't talking about me. I'm not your friend. <laughs> My other best friend that I yeah, did the sure. podcast. I don't have yet. any other friends. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Are we? Uh, I think we're obsessed. We have a lot of friends. We love you guys. Mm-hmm. A lot of mutual friends. Kisses. We yeah. overlapped our friends so that we could still hang out. Oh yeah, with like, other people. If Sydney didn't like my significant other, it would be real tough. Oh, I feel like if I'm ever going on dates, like I'm just auditioning men for to Cam. Me. Not for yeah, for you and Cam. What though. do you mean? Like, because like if you and Cam obviously stay together, mm-hmm. like our husbands are gonna need to like get along. Oh, clearly. So I just feel like I'm. Auditioning for kids. If they next don't get along, friend. what are they gonna do when we're hanging out? On our vacations, like when we have mutual investments, it's gonna be really awkward for them. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Planning our lives and adding in the husbands. I like that. I do too. That's what Gail and Oprah do. Oh my gosh, you guys. So back to Snoop and Martha, though. Mm-hmm. You must, 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 must. If you take one thing away from this podcast, please go look up on YouTube. <laughs> Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart reenacting one the famous scene from Ghost. You know the pottery wheel and like that. Yeah, it's super sensual. They're doing it with cake, and Martha feeds Snoop some chocolate. Oh, don't give icing. it away. That's just a little teaser. That's good stuff. It's just a teaser. And then they also have one on the Titanic, a Titanic spoof. Oh my god! Which Martha Stewart throws out some role reversals that I very much appreciate. She is an empowering feminist yeah, woman. Two snaps for Martha. Female offensive. Love you. Woo-hoo. She's a fembot. She is. Females she certainly being is. offensive together. <laughs> fembot. I love that. Another thing that I just. I love about Martha and Snoop are they are just so compatible and funny together. Like, mm-hmm. their chemistry on the show is just incredible. They bounce off of each other. and just, So natural. Yes. Kind of like us. We're just so natural. So natural, man. Uh, like, All natural. <laughs> like Sydney, the hippie. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like my dad making fun of me. No, I love the hippiness about you. It's so unique. Uh, but they're just, they're the way they bounce off of each other and... They're comedic genius. It's incredible. And I can only liken it to that of Justin Timberlake and Jimmy Fallon. Oh, my Everyone's gosh. Everyone's favorite SNL duo. And I, I know that a lot of people don't like Justin Timberlake. Who? A lot of people don't like his music, and he's just kind of like, I don't know. Uh-uh. I've seen a lot of people Senorita. <laughs> yeah, so you. many bops. He does have a lot of good, good songs. Good song, guys. But I would just like to say that they're both not problematic. <laughs> they're not problematic for when white males. Ever for white men? When have they ever been problematic? Dick in a box. Very few men. That was funny that as was hell. So funny. Still sing it to my mom. Yeah. Very few men can be unproblematic. Paul Rudd, another example. Never will do any wrong in my eyes. <laughs> Paul Rudd's so cool. Such a cool guy. And didn't he just turn like 75 or something? Like, he looks so young. I can't believe it. Who's Paul Rudd's best friend? Do you think Paul Rudd has a best friend? <gasps> I would be Paul Rudd's... Well, if I didn't have you, I'd be Paul Rudd's best friend. All right, Cindy. I'm taken. I keep trying to replace you. Just, okay. <laughs> All right, back to Jimmy and Justin. They're so funny together. Also, their name's an alliteration. Jimmy Justin. It's just kind of like a thing I have. I love alliterations. Yeah, I I really love it too. Super big turn on. One of my favorite (laughs) things that they do together is like, (laughs) um, it's on Jimmy Fallon's show. They do like this camp sketch where they're both at camp together, like as little kids. Oh my god! It is so freaking funny. I love that. And I they love have, like, that, like, pervy, like, camp counselor that keeps walking in <laughs> with the short shorts, and it just kills me every time. But they're, like, such a good example of, like, two guys that are just, like, so comfortable and funny with each other. Yes. I feel like there are a few, like, male duos like that. Like, who else? That just, like are always, like, with each other and are just, like, known for being besties. Like Ben Affleck and, um... Matt Damon. Yeah, those Boston boys. That's true, that's Those true. two are more so problematic. Mmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Can I tell you a story? So... Yep. My art teacher in high school went to 
high school when she was in high school at Boston Latin mm-hmm. with Matt and what was the other one? Ben. <laughs> They're like institutional heroes around here and I don't even know their names. Matt and Ben. She went to high school with them and uh, they bullied her and like no were way. dicks. <gasps> yeah, she said they were the fucking worst. She hated all their movies and they sucked as people. She hated all their movies. <laughs> Same sister. Uh, Goodwill Hunting. I'm just such a good kidding. Movie. I'm just kidding. I was making a point. Okay, but yeah, also like, they're dicks. So it's hard when people are bad, but they're good at what they do. Oh wait, Justin Timberlake cheated on his wife. I forgot. What? On I Jessica Biel? Yeah, he did that. When? With who? This is news to me. You're going to have to talk while I fact check this. Okay, yeah, you're going to have to look that up because they are so cute together and they love each other so much and they have the cutest little kid and they always record. He has, like, recordings on his songs of the kid, like, talking. He does? Just like DJ Khaled's son? (laughs) Yes. Father Vassad. I have to take a sip of water. Little dead air. There were... Cheating rumors and pictures. He cheated on her with actress Olivia Munn. Shut up! She's married. Isn't she married to Jason? This was Statham? nine years ago. Or not Jason Statham. Jason um, Sudeikis. Okay. The other um, celebrity news at this time was that Kim's new man, as in Kim Kardashian, was John Mayer. So, (laughs) nine years ago, Kim Kardashian was dating John Mayer at the same exact time that Justin was cheating on Jessica Biel. What an uncertain time for America. And Taylor Swift was dating Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, it was a simpler time. Do you remember? Oh, my God. When Taylor and Jake were together, that was good times. And she showed up in that red flannel. Taylor. Yes, and she showed up in the red flannel that he was also photographed in and then wrote a song about that red flannel She's and like put it on her album. definition of psycho. She's a definition of calling you out on your bullshit <laughs> to the world. It's not her fault she's famous and everyone listens to her emotional expression. I don't expression. like her. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Why don't you like her? She is has a lot of besties. She's a slippery snake. <laughs> She's a snake. Hiss, hiss. Oh, I think Kim Kardashian West just entered into our space. Yeah. Kim's been here. Kim's been in the back of our minds the whole time. Kim is always but, here. Yeah, but we don't want to get too pop culture-y. Too political. Too political. Now that she's a lawyer. <laughs> <gasps> I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, she went to meet the president and got that woman out of jail. Her dad was a lawyer. Yeah, OJ. What a throwback. Rob Kardashian. He didn't want to be on that trial. We could all see it when David Schwimmer's eyes, you know? Oh, my God. In that show. In that show. (laughs) In the show, OJ Simpson, where David Schwimmer plays Robert Kardashian. It's a really (laughs) neat joke. It was good. Yeah, no, it was good. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) um with the podcast coming to an end we yes we want to leave you with something uplifting and something to take into your week to practice and improve upon so we're going to end on 10 ways to nurture a friendship marcella do you want to read number 10 um let's see the first one well, it's the last one because it's we're starting at ten and going down. Oh, like David Letterman. Oh, I see. <laughs> it's we're doing cute. a little David Letterman. Yeah. Okay. Maybe so. I'll, I would throw a pencil, but it's a podcast. <laughs> um. Okay. So our tenth would be stay consistent and realistic in your expectations. I know a lot of these are easier said than done, but sometimes if you just have someone like calling you out on it it's easier for you to want to make that change or see that you might need to make that change because I I think that being realistic in a friendship or a relationship is so important because you're not perfect. Why are you expecting someone else to be perfect? Obviously, there are some things that you can't waver on, some things that would be, you know, deal breakers. Liars. Liars. But um, just... 
be realistic. You know, don't set any any standard that is just going to set you up for, for failure. Yes, that's such a good point. Like, personally, I know that I like to cancel plans at the last minute sometimes. Like, if we're planning on going out, like, I don't know, Friday night rolls around. I don't know if I want to get That is so relatable. And I, so I find it very important that I recognize that and I say, okay, like, if a friend cancels plans on me at the last second or decides she doesn't want to go out or whatever it may be, don't get upset with her over that, like... Yeah. Keep those realistic expectations. They yeah. can't hang out with you every waking hour of the day, even though God knows I wish I could be with Marcella every second. But <laughs> that's thing. unrealistic because Cam would probably get pretty annoyed. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, I could, I could too. But no, no, you're you're so right. Like, you don't want... You would never get mad at someone for not hanging out with you, Right. No, not no. anymore. Not anymore, but mm. I used to. Yeah, mm. I used to get really upset, and people, I would be so hurt and personally offended yeah. if people would, like... It's literally not personal. Like, sometimes you just need to, like, take a nap. <laughs> and I just, like, I'll get home from work. It's Friday. Like, maybe I've been trying to plan this thing all week, but it's Friday night, and I'm exhausted. Yeah. And you don't have to, like force yourself and you don't have to, to explain out. that to anyone not you even should, your best yeah, friend like, you really if you are in a really good like loving and caring and judgment-free relationship they're not gonna get mad at you for these little things they're they probably gonna be relieved and they're gonna be like oh my god yeah, can i come cuddle they probably know that your relationship is deeper than that and it's not it's not tied to that superficial thing need to hang out exactly need to, yeah. Exactly. And then let's bring it to our our ninth point. Okay. Number nine, be the kind of person you'd want to be friends with. Oh, it all ties together. Yes. I think this one's huge. I think, like Marcella said, don't set up any expectations or standards that you yourself wouldn't be able to fulfill. Mm -hmm. And I think being, taking this into every aspect of your life, you know, it's the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. It's Yeah. Be kind, be happy, and be open to new experience and opportunities and people, and the right things will flow right to you. Yeah. And... It's kind of the only rule. People want to... treat people the way that you want to be treated. People want to emulate good things. People want a role model and a standard to live up to, and I think Mm. it's important to remember that friendships are no different. Mm. Neither are relationships, you know? Right, and you should put as much effort into a friendship as you're putting into a relationship. In my... Yes. In my honest opinion. Go on dates with you your girlfriends. Absolutely. Go on dates with yourself, too. But that's oh. another story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the biggest proponent to, like, taking yourself out for a movie and drinks. Yes, you deserve it. Yeah. You deserve it. You earn that. Yes. Eight. Have confidence in Woo. what you have to offer in a relationship. Yes. You are amazing. Sister. You have so much to Give offer. Give it to me. Yes. <laughs> you know that. Know it. Know it and own it. Yes. You know, you, own your shit. You are a great friend. You can be a great friend. You're funny. You're smart. Yes. You're interesting. Mm-hmm. You have so much to offer. Don't think that you can't be friends someone with friends with someone or approach someone. Just because you might think they're only complimenting your t-shirt. Exactly. Your follow boy t-shirt. And look what happened to Sydney and I, you know? <laughs> If I had had more confidence, maybe we would have been besties in the eighth grade. I thought we were, but I'm there we go. Besties. There we go. <laughs> it was a bad delusion. All like <laughs> we were sitting next to each other in one class. This girl's my best friend. This girl's my best friend. Oh my god! La 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 la. Clarice. And number seven. <laughs> Be honest with yourself and others. A oh, huge one. Honesty is giant. There's nothing without trust and without honesty, there is no trust. So just knowing who you are and what you want Mm. and what you expect is, and being able to tell other people about that and be honest about that and upfront about your weaknesses, your faults and your strengths. Yes. And that ties it into number six, which is embracing vulnerability. Mm. You don't have to be perfect all the time, guys. Please don't, don't be. That's so fucking boring. So annoying, too. I used, 
wanting names. Uh, I used to hate some people mm. for how perfect they came we across. We all have that you one know? person who was so perfect, and you were like, "Come on, like you don't, you don't fart, <laughs> you don't do anything, you don't fart." Like <laughs> seriously, you're boring. It's cool to be vulnerable. It's cool to have imperfections. It's cool to be confident about those things. Something I will say about being vulnerable is I think it's especially important in situations where the other person might not be as open to be vulnerable because, Mm, like I said before, setting up up that standard, showing them that vulnerability gives them a safe space to be vulnerable in because they feel like, okay, they've given me a part of themselves they almost feel obligated mm-hmm. to, like, share, like, their shit. Well, when you set the standard for positivity, people are way more likely to give that back to you. Yep. If you are rude straight off the you bat... You get what you give, man. Exactly. How do you expect someone to be nice to you? Mm-hmm. No one's going to be nice to someone that's mean to them, unless you're just a saint. Yeah. You know? Unless they're but having a you, real good day. Exactly. But if you go into every... And this is so easy to say, you know? Like, just be happy all the time and just be positive. Like, it's super easy. What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Super easy. Just decide not to be angry. Yeah. No, and we're totally joking, but number four, guys. Number five, I mean. (laughs) Cultivating gratitude for your friendships. So this is huge. and I This is big for us. Yeah. Cultivating gratitude in every aspect of your life is really important. Friendships especially because it reminds you how freaking lucky you mm-hmm. are yes. and what is really important and what really matters. I think it really grounds you mm-hmm. when you think about the people in your life who count on you, who love you, who believe in you and who choose to be in your life mm-hmm. because a lot of times you like are so thankful for your family, whatever, like they're stuck with you. Like let's be real. Yeah. You're their blood most of the time. They have to love you. But your yeah. friends are people who choose to love you. Exactly. And be grateful for that. Yes. Tell them. I will text Marcella every day. I'm like, God, so thankful for you. Yeah. Thankful for your ass. Exactly. Uh, oh. So thankful. <laughs> no, Hella we, thankful. We really, really are because it's it's hard to be going through life without someone who's just going to, I don't know, just, just remind you that everything's okay and you're not going through everything alone. Yes. It's just so, it's so nice, even if she's not going through it at that very moment, you know? Yeah. She knows what to say, and it's it's really, really nice having someone who just knows what to say. And you really only get that from you know, your best friends. Listen. Someone who can listen. I also just, I want to give a quick shout-out to my work wife, because I wouldn't be able to get through the day without her. Julie, Aww, I love you. Julie, love you, Julie. Thank you for keeping Sydney sane. See those overlapping love? Oh, I uh, love it. <laughs> We love an overlapping love. And that brings us to number four, which is focus on the friendships that matter. Mm. You are well aware of the friendships in your life that are not evenly distributed, I would say. Oh, what a that great euphemism. That you're putting way too much effort in or they're putting way too much effort in. It's not going to work. It'll never work, guys. Stop trying to make that happen. It'll never happen. But really, when do you want to be in a friendship or a relationship where you're consistently giving, constantly giving, and they're taking, and they're taking, and they're taking? That That's like friendships. Friendships are the same. Sometimes they're to- Sometimes friendships can be so toxic. Yeah. And you just really, it's not even always necessarily like an unequal amount of effort. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just a negative presence that's mm-hmm. dragging you down. Mm-hmm. Something I've... 100% notice so in relationships is that you equal each other out. Mm-hmm. And so if you are around negative energy and you're feeling really high in your energy, you're going to come down to meet that person at their level. Unless they rise up to yours. Yes. But it's I feel like it's you know, a lot easier catch, to be... Who, who knows what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So I just think it's really important to focus on the things that grow you Mm. and make you feel better about yourself when you think about people are you sighing at the thought of their name or are you smiling at the sight of their name and I think that's a great indication of 
what friendships mm-hmm. are most important to you. When they send you a text, are you like, oh my god, I have to answer this person? Or are you like, oh my gosh, what did they say? Yeah. Like, what are, what are we talking about now? Like, what's the tea? <laughs> That's always what I'm, like, thinking when Sydney texts me. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> what new song did she find? <laughs> what what hot goss did yeah, she have? Yeah, literally. <laughs> I love it. And that brings us to point number four. Uh, th- three were so uh, bad at counting. Numbers down. one to ten. <laughs> <laughs> three. Celebrating your friend's good news. Uh, just Guys, this is so simple. Getting excited for them. Show a little excitement, even if you don't have it in you, even if you're not excited, like, muster it the fuck up, okay? Get excited for your mm. friends. Guys, and also, we're not perfect. Um, we don't do all this stuff. It's really easy for us to just, like, stand here and, like, behind our, our microphones and be telling you how to do this. But yeah, we're reading this, these off of a laptop and we can't yeah. even get the numbers right. <laughs> Seriously, we're that... Small brain. Struggling. Small brained. We're not small brained. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Big brain. Never big say that about yourself, brains. Marcella. Don't say that about my best friend. We have big beefy brains. Thick, but also beefy brains. we're just trying our best here and we're really trying to aspire to all of these things and to be really good friends for each other just because it matters and having a really good friend can be life changing. Yeah. It just can. It can just make you feel... Having someone to celebrate with you is important, yeah. especially when you don't have a significant other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sydney's pointing to herself right yeah. now. Just like me. to let you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> Not a YouTube video. Yeah, but celebrating the good news. All right. What else? What else is a good way to be a good friend? Be quick to forgive. Number two. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Yeah. The things that you can. Yeah. Like we said, everybody has their breaking point. I find it so easy to forgive Marcella. Because I just know anything that could possibly ever make me upset, I know, one, it's not personal. She would never do anything to hurt or offend me. It's just so true, yeah. And two, I'm probably being too sensitive and hypercritical of myself or projecting. Mm. And three, I know that our love and our friendship is more important to me than any fight that I could... Any little tiff that Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's crazy, though. Like... That is relationship goals. That is the tea. Spill it. And. Number one. Yeah. Number one. I, we really love this one. Yeah. I think this is the most important. Yeah. Stay judgment free. Practice empathy. Put yourself in your friends. (laughs) Put yourself in your friend's shoes. You can't possibly know exactly what's going on all the time no matter how close you are you know you if they're your best friend and you put time and effort into this relationship and they put time and effort into you and something happens they're not talking to you that much they're acting different you really have to try to understand why and be empathetic Mm -hmm. because something could be happening in that person's life how they're acting doesn't define them yeah it's just who they are in the moment 100 percent. and i actually went through that with one of my friends yeah you know best friend kind of is pulled away mm-hmm. and you just have to love them through it you know you be there when they are there for you when yeah. you can be and because do you love them just because just during the good times no of course not you love them even when you haven't seen them in months, it doesn't matter. And sometimes people need to drift apart, yes. too. And if, that happens If it's meant to be, it'll always come back. Exactly. That's with every relationship in your life, romantic relationships, friendships, even business relationships, you know, like yeah. professional ones. Yeah. It's it's just important to... Remember people are people. Love. Yeah, and do everything with love, too. Oh. Because at the end of the day, if you do it with love, there's... there's very few that's going to get, there are very few things that are going to get in your way. Oh, that's such a good point. Protect your heart. Keep love flowing outwardly from it. And be a light in this world. Because it really needs some bright, shiny people like you. Yeah, like all of you guys. Yeah. Seriously. We love you. And there's good in literally every single person. There really, really is. Yeah. I believe that 100% that there's good in every single person. That's beautiful, man. And that people are primarily good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
Well, with that, we love you. We, we want to be your friend. We want to be your best friend. And we want we want your advice and we want your criticism and we want your questions and honest opinions yes please we love it because we're just here blabbing away but at the end of the day (laughs) what i say is that everything is gonna be (laughs) a-okay like comment share fair Please do all of the things you're supposed to do with this podcast. (laughs) And thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next week. Woo woo.